The world went to hell around the year 2000, which is why Adam and Chad live less than 2000. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content, specials, and early access to a longer, uncensored, less than 2,000 experience. And now, less than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less than 2,000. Now part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. I think after the the fight that I almost had in the bar, I finally calmed down. And I think I think it took Weird Al and UHF to do it. Okay. So I know last week, you know, there's all this drama and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go back and relive one of the funniest movies that I can think of. Yeah. And it was UHF. So I watched it. And I got a lot of to say about it. Did you follow nice. through and watch it? Uh, no, I didn't watch it. I did not watch it. What? I did not rewatch it. You told it. me you were going to watch it. You, we, I, I told te- you. <laughs> I text you. I was like, it's on Showtime right now. Let's watch it. I, well, I, I ran out of time. But fortunately, UHF is one of those movies that I, I have committed to memory. Like, I don't need to rewatch it because it's just... It's just indelibly etched in my in my synapses. Like I am, I am. I've got that movie down from the very beginning of of, of the of the parody of of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And did you notice that that was not a real Oscar in that opening scene? Did you did you did you see what the the uh, statue was doing? Because they tried to get permission to do to use the Oscar, but they weren't allowed to. Really? So instead, they have a mock-up that looks a lot like the Oscar, except he's full-on grabbing his crotch. No, I missed that. <laughs> I, just, it's just, I love how you remember this, because it's committed to memory, and I just watched it and completely missed that whole thing. I, well, I hate to tell you, I looked at a bunch of trivia. I wanted to find out all the little trivia bits, and so I got a ton of just random trivia about this. Okay. Well, now that we let everybody behind the curtain on the fact that on this episode, uh, you're reading from a trivia list, and I passionately calmed myself yes. <laughs> down from a from an, a near bar fight mm-hmm. to have this to have this conversation. This might be a pretty fun episode. It's 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 rare that you're more prepared than I am for this stuff. So this is awesome. I just didn't rewatch it. I did my, I did my usual research, but I just didn't actually rewatch it because, oh man. Could I bring myself to? I have to ask you the question that you posed me before we went on the air. Okay, so this was hilarious growing up. We effing loved how stupid and funny this was. As an adult, watching it as a 40-year-old, was it still funny? Were you cringing? Like, I can't believe I used to think that was funny when I was a kid. How does it compare then and now? The humor, I, I mean, are you embarrassed that you liked it? Is this something that I should go back and just watch on my own just for the hell of it, not preparing for the show? Uh, I mean, I would go back and rewatch it 
Maybe. No, I mean, I can't even tell you to do it. You know what? No, I'm going to retract that. I can't even tell you to go back and rewatch it. There was a moment my wife was like doing dishes and like doing things in the kitchen while I was watching it. And there were a number of moments where I felt embarrassed watching it because I felt judging eyes from the other room. Like, I think, <laughs> so like, I think if it had I been alone or had you and I watched it together, I think yeah. it would have been a totally different experience. Because at one moment, Jenny just walks in, stops, stares at me and says, are you watching a comedy? I go, yeah. She goes, because you're not laughing. And then what? <laughs> But I think I love part that of it was, I've seen it so many times that it was hard to laugh at the same jokes out loud. It was more like internal chuckles more so than anything. <laughs> I, I think the only way I'll ever watch this again is if you and I sit down and watch it together. It would have made it better. And I think I think that's such a funny visual that your wife is slaving away, like cleaning the kitchen, doing dishes. You're sitting in the living room, feet up on the couch, not laughing at the movie. And you're like, hey, I got to prepare for the show. I'm doing, <laughs> That's exactly I what am I said. Working. I am working. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my research is what I said. <laughs> even, though, even though I do have most of this movie committed committed to memory, it was interesting watching it. You know, 25, 30 years later, I think the last time I would have seen this would have been in my teen years. And, but what I immediately recognized is how many things we had been quoting from this movie for <laughs> such a long time. So long, in fact, that there's things that like, I don't even remember about. Like, I didn't even remember that the reason why when I call you, you rudely answer, yeah, what? Yeah. You came from this movie. Yes, because the you uncle, remember that? No, the <laughs> uncle answers the phone. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> and that's, that's so, so you just thought I was being a jerk all these years? Well, like I, that was, I remember <laughs> it was Jeff. your thing. I remembered it was your thing, but I couldn't remember that this was the source material for your, yeah, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. You know, that that that's, there's so many... First of all, I'm curious to know how many people like this movie. I think the people that actually listen to this episode that we do, are they're going to be the hardcore fans that actually love this. This is a cult classic. This is one of those things that if you saw it and you liked it, it stuck with you. It's like, oh yeah, UHF was great. Um, but I think it's definitely one of those movies that the vast majority of people wouldn't want to see it or saw it and said, boy, this is stupid. So let's get this part out of the way up front, because I'm assuming you've done just enough research to know this. Uh, was it successful at the box office? No, it was terrible at the box office. Okay, that's what it, I figured. It was, it, not only was it terrible, it had, it, it was dead on arrival. It had no chance. It opened the same week, summer of 1989, same week as Batman. Oh, with Jack Nicholson and, and, and there was no chance. No. And I remember that opening weekend and, and, and the options were, do you want to see Batman or do you want to see UHF? Which I did want to see, but there was no chance I would choose UHF overseeing no. that Tim Burton Batman movie from 89, which by the way, I think 
holds up tremendously well. Yeah, but didn't you and I saw that together? Didn't we go? We saw it together. Yeah, it was it was at a, at a Cub Scouts thing. Actually, that's right. We went into town and watched it at, at Cub Scouts. And I remember that was my first ever PG thirteen movie too. Yeah. And it was so so that was pretty cool. Uh, but listen to the movies that were out at the time: Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters Two, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, Lethal Weapon, Batman, License to Kill, When Harry Met Sally, and Weekend at Bernie's. There is nobody's no gonna chance see UHF. for UHF. Like there is no <laughs> chance for UHF at all. No wonder it was dead on arrival. I mean, yes. if you're flipping through the, the TV channels and watching movie trailers, because, you know, back then, it was the only way to see it was on TV commercials. Sure. You're literally going to choose 10 other movies before UHF. Exactly. And there's no way you're going to get, nobody would get to that in the three, four week span that it might be out. Like, it's just, exactly. it's it dead. was out, it was out for a month or less. It was pulled out of theaters right away. It It, it was just... It had no chance, and but it did. It did pick up some steam, and it has become a cult classic because people rented it. People were like, "Oh, what's this?" You know, Weird Al's only movie. You know, this is the only film he's ever because they won't let him make another one because this one did so bad. Yeah, but it's, but 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 it, it's. I think it's 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 perfectly Weird Al. I mean, Weird Al does the music parodies, and here's his movie and TV parodies. And and it, it has a very loose plot. The plot is is virtually not even there. But all the plot is is a vehicle to connect a bunch of different parodies of movies and TV shows. And that's all it needed to be. And I love it. Well, I would be careful how you say that a little bit because I was in this adult viewing. <laughs> I was sitting there going, okay. Because I was expecting there to be to be reminded that there was no plot at all. Believe yeah. it or not, it actually structurally as a film has a plot like mm. it has the structural beat points that you need yeah. to to go on the journey you know the unlikely hero the guy wins the uhf station on a on a poker, poker game. game and is like what yeah. that old thing no i'm gonna dump it tomorrow and he's like the wife's like i have a perfect man for the job and yes. turns to weird al and he dumps the dog and the Who puts in the, the punch tray. in the punch bowl <laughs> yes punch bowl. And who's, then, who's feeding the dog from a ladle in the punch tray and then just puts the dog in the punch tray yeah and then walks <laughs> off oh and, and then the, the the relationship stuff he loses his girlfriend he loses his job he, you're right. There is there is some plot thread going throughout. Yeah, it all. the antagonist is completely the the rival RJ. news channel eight, and yes. and all that stuff. So it it believe it or not, it does structurally have a cohesive screenplay that actually buttons up all of the storylines, even it, even it, the even the beggar. You got change. You got change. Yes. To to the weird guy who ends up being an alien. Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> you know, ultimately, it has it does wrap everything up. So You're right. there is a plot, but you don't think there is because what we remember is a series of parodies that yes. we laughed at. But yes. I was surprised to see. Wow, it actually does have a cohesive script. That's a good point. I, you're right. I do think of it as, as a. It's just a series of, of parodies strung together with a flimsy plot. But you're you're right. It does have a plot. It does have a narrative. 
it, and the thing that also kind of sticks out in my mind that surprisingly, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's like emotionally effective or anything, but one of the things that does kind of stick out with me is that for such a cheesy, campy movie, it does a decent job of making you care about certain characters, particularly Stanley Spadowski, the janitor turn who, who, who becomes the big famous kids, uh, you know, he takes over for Uncle Nutsy and has his kids show, uh, Stanley Spadowski's Fun House or Fun Hour yep. or something. Fun and, House. And if you would have watched and, it, you'd know that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's Michael Richards, Michael Richards before Seinfeld. And he was just basically a stand up comedian and he did some stuff on SCCTV uh, and on Fridays. Uh, so he was really a nobody and this was his big breakout. And, and he was so. Um, his character was so endearing and likable and you felt bad for him. You felt you felt for the guy and you wanted him to win. He was just so pure-hearted. And that's one of the things that that sticks with me that and and even Weird Al's character, you really root for him. He's he's just a a schlut, you know, a, a, a schmuck, but you he's endearing. He's an endearing schmuck. You want it, you wanted to win. Yeah. I think that's because I don't know. To, I I don't know why. I was I I, I thought I had a point here. I, I have because they're so, uh, especially the janitor, so bizarre in mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. So I can't put my finger on. It's one of the weird things I can't put my my finger on in cinema. I, one of the things is is that the bad guy, the main antagonist, R R J, is. Such he's so good and he's so well written and so well performed that you just hate him. He's such a jerk. He's such an. Asshole. He fires Stanley Spadowski. He takes his mop away. He 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 crushes the guy's dream and he says that you know broads don't belong in broadcasting. That's not him, but one of his henchmen. And and he's just such a just such. A well, oh, I guess I'll have to turn this into a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, and the way he's a jerk to his son and and his laugh and his. I said a Rolex, a Rolex, but dad, it just, he, he's so, he, he does such a good job of being an antagonist that you really root for the underdogs in this movie. Yeah. That's weird because you're right. In most films, you're rooting for the underdog because they're a good protagonist. In this case, the antagonist is so evil and so yes. mean that you just have to root for the underdog. Yes. <laughs> Not because they're a great protagonist. It's because it's a mm-hmm. really amazing antagonist in the film. Yes. It, it, speaking of... Uh, so, so the writing of it and speaking of the main character, it was originally written where George, uh, George Newman, uh, who uh, the, the main character, Weird Al plays... Is the is was just supposed to be a straight man, like he was not supposed to have any comedy. So imagine Weird Al going through this as just sort of kind of a passive observer, and things happen to him. And yeah, they would have had the quirky skits, and they would have had you know all the stuff is the same. But Weird Al himself would not deliver any comedy as the main character. And I think I mean they had to change that. I'm glad they changed it, and they brought yeah. in they wrote a friend. His friend could just be the schmucky straight man to just deliver the lines and get plot information a- across and things. Yeah. Cause I think the funniest thing that the friend says, 
I think the funniest thing in the whole movie is simply when he goes, hey, I didn't get an umbrella. In the drink. That's the funniest line. That's the only funny line that he says. Other than that, he's the straight character, period. Speaking of that, just while we're talking about, about creating in general, his parodies in his yeah. music and even in this movie are are awesome. His parodies have always been amazing. Why was this movie so average? Like why couldn't he deliver 90 minutes or 87 mm-hmm. or whatever whatever mm-hmm. it is? Why couldn't he deliver an hour and a half when he can nail five yeah. minute after five yep. minute after sometimes 10 minute songs? Yep. Why did this fall so short? Because good question. Going good point. back and rewatching it, mm-hmm. the performance was okay. Yeah, but it even fell short. I felt for Weird Al, and Weird Al, if you're listening to this, like I know you probably will. I still love <laughs> you, buddy. I don't. Want you, I'm yes. not bagging on you. Maybe the maybe your director sucked and didn't didn't give you what you need. To, to perform, but I don't know. It just seems interesting because he was a writer on it. He he was the, the the main actor. I mean, this this essentially, arguably, even if you had a director, is a Weird Al movie. Period. It was it, it was his it was his co writer and manager who was the director. So you know, buddy, it's somebody you could have control over and kind of probably walk on a little bit. You would think. So really, Weird Al did it, and he just did a solid by letting his manager take the director credit. You know, but. <laughs> You made a good point. You made a very good point. And I think you, within your question, you gave the answer. Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert's review from back in 89 when it came out. And 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 they said, look, he's great in three and a half minute parodies. But you but straight, make a 90 minute movie and it's just it just doesn't work. He can't. It's it's small doses. Weird Al works in small doses. You just like Adam Sandler. You hear a parody song, you're like, "That is great. That's a uh, that's genius. That's comedy genius." You hear another one, you're like, "Ah, that's pretty good." You hear a third one, and you're like, "This is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life." Like, I don't want to hear. <laughs> and there's a reason why, out of Weird Al's many albums, only two or three of them really break through. I mean, that's like any commercial artist, True. but you you don't hit a home run all the time. And I think, you know, this would have worked better as like a 30-minute special on MTV uh, this or, or, or an hour special on MTV with commercials. And you have 42 minutes. And, and, and then it would have... And you didn't even really need a plot then. You could just kind of do the parodies. True. True. So... Th- so this movie completely tanked and, and did not do well. And he's never made another movie. And he went into a... Uh, like a, a slump is the word that was used. I don't know if it emotionally affected him or if it just, you know, made him doubt himself or whatever, but he didn't do anything for like three years. And it wasn't until Nirvana smells like team spirit uh, uh, inspired him to write smells like Nirvana that he finished <laughs> the album he was working on and like kind of made his comeback. It took three years to kind of come back from this in his regular career, the music stuff. That would be hard. I mean, you put yourself out there, you pour yourself into an entirely different medium, and then you're completely on by all of your peers. Yes. <laughs> like yes. that would suck. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, it's he took a he took a big swing and people didn't respect it. 
Yeah, yeah. If this if this would have been an hour special on MTV with commercials, there's no plot, there's no station. What is it? U sixty two is that the station? And 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 they're I know it's channel sixty two. So they they uh, if they don't if they if they if it was just a special of his parodies, this would have worked. It would totally. have been much better for him career wise to not have this commercial failure on his record and just be like, hey, maybe he could make a movie someday. As it is, this this didn't do well. But you know what? What what's really cool about Weird Al is think about. There, there is a very limited number of artists that have had the kind of career. I mean, he started in 79 and like, you know, really kind of broke through in the mid 80s. And that's when you and I knew him in mid to late 80s and, and, and has stayed, you know, relevant this whole time. He hasn't tarnished his career. He hasn't, you know, he only puts out stuff every three to five years. So it's not like it's all the time, but, but, you know, good on Weird Al for maintaining a career this long by parodying other people's stuff. He's, he's really talented. I'm glad we're doing this episode because I feel bad. We've actually talked about Weird Al in, in detail twice, uh, on this show, but it hasn't made the cut for the podcast. You have to subscribe to Patreon to hear us talk about Weird Al on, uh, the Dangerous, uh, Minds episode, the, uh, Gangsta's Paradise episode, and the, uh, one from, from, uh, two weeks ago. With uh, God, what did we do? Mm-mm-mm. The one, uh, yeah. So so, mm-mm-mm-mm. sorry. Uh, that yeah, so it's not. Mm-hmm. Remember that we're, we're devoting a full episode. And for those of you that want to hear more, listen to our back catalog for extended episodes on Patreon. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I wanted. I so badly wanted to be. Remember it the first time. Remember when we first started this, and you're like, "I will never, I will never promote on this show." And then you just yes. went in to the biggest radio promotion, <laughs> pa- Patreon City, Patreon City, Patreon City. You know what? I'm going to say this. This movie might have been hated by many, but this movie also gave. A, an incredible amount of joy mm-hmm. to hundreds of thousands of people. Probably, <laughs> probably not I, I millions. I say hundreds of people. Yes, probably not millions. <laughs> but the but, people who liked it really like it. Correct. And, and, and think about how much we have been quoting this movie for years. I mean, even the pick up the phone, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. <laughs> when he's like begging her to pick up the phone. You know, when his girlfriend's breaking up with him. Guns uh, don't kill people. I do. I, do. I mean, <laughs> this, this film has so many great one-liners and mm-hmm. so many great little bits. And that's why as a whole movie, it's not great. But ultimately, it's provided a ton of laughter and joy for so many people. And yeah. so good for him for taking a shot at doing it. I, I feel that I feel like UHF is like the airplane for our generation. Like airplane came out in seventy nine or eighty, and I remember, you know, my parents loved that stuff. They just, but it's a really, it's a really dumb movie. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love airplane, but it's it's like this. It's a dumb, flimsy plot that is just a vehicle for a bunch of gags, and 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 if you were to compare the two. 
I don't know. You know, okay, airplane is better. Don't I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that, but I feel it's it's in that same vein. And if they liked airplane, this isn't that far off from it. It's a bunch of parodies, it's a bunch of stupid sight gags. It's it's not highbrow at all, but it, it it's good for what it is. And I think people are going to like that. I think people are going to like this episode because people who are are thinking there's not much about it, you know? People who want to think about it and talk about it are probably going to find this episode. So you should join us on Instagram and Twitter and join us on Patreon and keep the conversation going. And I want to end with, and I want to end because you just teed this up. Think I don't pay you to think, but dad, (laughs) no, I've got the way to end. I've got the way to end. This calls it back to the mm -mm -mm episode and a hashtag that, I am going to get trending. Did you notice when you were watching uh, this most recent view, last night or whatever, did, did you happen to notice that the number of moles on George's face, on Weird Al's face, changed throughout this movie? What? Weird Al's moles changed throughout this movie because he had them removed in the middle of shooting this film. So there's there's lack of continuity there. But that gave me an opportunity to bring back moles and keeping in mind your mole story and the mole removal story and hashtag phantom mole. Hashtag get phantom it mole. It's going to trend. We're going to get hashtag phantom mole to trend, damn it. That's how I know this show's starting to make it. So... Please don't make me cry alone in my bedroom all alone. Hashtag Phantom Mole. And join us on Patreon and listen to us next week on Less Than 2000. <laughs>